0: Hi, Kevin Property Soldier here. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. A little bit about myself. I've been investing in property since 1991 and have experience in many different property investment strategies, but now I've focused mainly on serviced accommodation. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But firstly... A lot of people tuning in right now will be thinking, well, what is serviced accommodation and what is my version of serviced accommodation? Well, as far as I'm concerned, serviced accommodation is anywhere you can lay your head where there is an element of service providers such as cleaning and and fresh linen. Most people believe it's just apartments and even the association of serviced accommodation providers and the the largest accommodation portal, Booking.com, refer to service accommodation as apartments. But they can also be houses, stately homes, castles, tents, boats, tree houses, you name it, it can be service accommodation. It's like a it's like hotel accommodation, but set up to feel like a home from home with cooking and, and more often than not laundry facilities. It can be by the room like a, a house share or a whole house. But it isn't anyone. Here's, here's the really important thing. It isn't anyone's principal prime residence. The main point to be made here is they live somewhere else, which means that your guests, your service combination guests, do not have tenant rights. So completely different to other property investment strategies where you keep the property and let it out to tenants. If you're doing service combination and you've got a service combination property, you're going to be letting it to guests, and it's a totally different scenario. Just need to want to make that really clear. We'll cover more on that later. So, who uses service combination? Then we'll. People have been staying in service accommodation for decades. It, a lot of people have got this impression that it's a it's a brand new strategy that's only been around for months, you know, but it's been around for decades. Companies often book service apartments rather than hotels or service accommodation rather than hotels to save money on um, their hotels for their employees. And also, they don't have to pay for them eating out and claiming expenses. You know, for example, it's Generally, a lot cheaper for two people to stay in a, a two-bed apartment and cook for themselves uh, rather than two hotel rooms and dinner in the restaurant and drinks at the bar. You know, I think you sort of get the idea there. It can save people and it can save companies an awful lot of money. Consultants may be on contract for three months, which, you know, it is that's not long enough for an AST and a short assured short short hold tenancy. It's not long enough to take out a normal tenancy on a property. Uh, they may well be going home to their families on weekends. So service accommodation definitely uh, ticks the box on that side. Another common example is tradesmen working on site for, you know, say eight to 10 weeks on a, a shop refit. I'm thinking of a specific example of uh, one of our bookings. Their company is going to have a set budget For the accommodation and the expenses, and a standard house setup with twin beds could be ideal to save money on hotels. Then there's leisure travellers such as holidaymakers, sightseers, people visiting family and friends, people attending conferences, venues, you know, sporting events. Those type of travellers as well. At the end of the day, there are many different types of service accommodation user. A typical guest is someone who ordinarily might stay in a hotel or guest house for their short stay, unless they have the opportunity of staying in serviced accommodation instead. So why is serviced accommodation such a great opportunity right now? Why has it got my attention now? Well, e-commerce is a really big reason. The fact that people are more than happy to buy things and pay for things online using their credit cards. So it wasn't so long ago, literally you know, years ago, a few years ago, that people were quite worried and nervous about paying for things and using their credit card online over the internet. And the vast majority of people today, at least in this country, do it and more than happy doing it. And that's what makes them booking our service accommodation units so straightforward because people pay online using their credit cards and they pay in advance. Then there's smartphones. We can virtually run our service accommodation business using a smartphone. And so it's, you know, if you pardon the pun, it's, it's truly a, a mobile lifestyle. And then people can book our service accommodation units on their smartphones too. So people find themselves, you know, perhaps they need to stay an extra night in a town or a city, just go on their smartphones and they find, they go online looking for accommodation they find our service accommodation units and press a button on the screen and it's virtually done. It's booked and the money is transferred. So that's recent technology that makes running our service accommodation business an awful lot easier and simpler. And then there's high-speed internet, the World Wide Web. It wasn't so long ago, businesses and companies were having to try and run their business using dial-up modems. And not only that, People in their homes with dial-up modems made it extremely difficult for people to go online, find accommodation and book and pay online with the old slow internet. Well, with high-speed internet now, people have even got high-speed internet on their phones. It makes us running our business so much easier and it makes people booking our units so much easier. And then there's globally recognized brands like Booking.com, Airbnb, you know, we've all heard of those guys. Well, they spend hundreds of millions of pounds on their marketing, hundreds of millions of pounds on their marketing, and we can advertise our properties on their portals absolutely free. So that's a pretty good deal as far as I'm concerned. When somebody books, yeah, you're going to pay roughly 15% commission to you know a portal like Booking.com or Airbnb. But as far as I'm concerned... That is a really good deal you know they spend all the money on the marketing and we can upload our properties onto those sites for free so Airbnb only founded in 2008 so really really recent it's a household name but only actually founded in 2008 they're already on three and a half billion in revenue and it's it's doubling year on year at the moment it's absolutely incredible so Yes, now is the time to be getting into serviced accommodation because it's, it's a case at the moment of don't miss the boat. And Booking.com was only established in 1996. They are doing 1.5 million room night reservations per day across their whole whole platforms. So we're talking hotels uh, rooms as well, but it's massive Booking.com. 1.5 million room night reservations per day. So SA is seriously on trend. A couple of more statistics. Booking.com actually did a survey and in 2018, Booking.com surveyed their own customers who said that 33% of their customers said that they would prefer to stay in a holiday home or apartment over a hotel. So that's serviced accommodation. 33% of their travellers would say they would prefer a holiday home or apartment over a hotel. And so Airbnb's revenue doubling year on year. That's another really good reason, as I just said. So Booking.com's home section, not hotels, their home section, which is serviced accommodation, is their largest growing sector. It's recording double-digit growth year on year. So it's really on trend now, serviced accommodation. There's a a phrase that I use quite a bit, and that is you've got to be in it to win it. So what are the fundamentals? I'll be covering the following in more detail later in later episodes, but you need to know. You need to know and be able to identify your SA goldmine area and how to do your due diligence and choose the right property type for your target audience, i.e. the type of people likely to come to your area. So therefore, you've got to acquire the right properties in the right area. There are many ways to acquire service accommodation units, including with none of your own money. I'll cover that in more detail in a later episode. Controlling rather than owning property. So you can use other people's property, property that you do not own, to make serious money out of service accommodation. You've got to understand the tax implications, including VAT, Section 24, capital allowances and business rates. I'll be covering that in more detail in a later episode. Setting, up your bu- setting your business up with your strategy in mind, so the right company structure is fundamental. Setting your properties up to maximize profits. Understanding how to operate SA units, the day-to-day running of your serviced accommodation business. Customer service and guest satisfaction is fundamental. This is a service industry, you've got to get that right. Systems and more automation to make it more passive, revenue management, marketing your service accommodation business, staging and interior design, insurance and compliance. And then once you've got all that right, then there's scaling and replication. So it's a case of rinse and repeat. You get it all right on the on your first one, and then you just repeat what works. Those are the fundamentals. And as I said, I'll be covering all that stuff in more detail in later episodes. So a little bit about me and my background. I am the lead trainer, trainer on service accommodation for progressive property. I absolutely love to teach and mentor others and how to create assets and to improve their financial situation. I believe that the traditional education system is, is lacking in this area. Um, many people will agree with that, I'm sure. I spent 24 years in the army, mostly in a commando unit, and I reached the rank of regimental sergeant major. But whilst I was in the army, I always had an entrepreneurial gene in me. I, I was always looking at investing as well as... I didn't just want to... Um, be earning a wage and that be the total amount that I could earn in any any month I wanted to always enhance my income and always provide for myself once I left the army so I've been investing in property since 1991 now so as the time of recording this that's over 27 years investing in property I'll cover some of the different uh uh investment type of uh, deals or property deals that um, I've done um, very shortly. But the reason why I got into property is my dad had been investing in property. He seemed to be doing okay, but I didn't know how to do it properly in my area with my set of circumstances. So he, my dad, he, he was full-time in property and he was doing all right, but he was on the ground. Whereas I was in the army investing in property. And because I didn't know how to set up the right systems and the right leverage, etc. I did find it difficult and I got myself into difficult situations with my property portfolio. I can remember when I was in Afghanistan. I did a couple of tours of Afghanistan. I was having a lot of problems with my portfolio. I used to get 20 minutes a week to call my family on a satellite phone. And often I would be spending that time trying to get plumbers out to deal with leaky taps. So I definitely didn't have the right systems and the right leverage in place then. And, and, you know, I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. It was extremely stressful having a property portfolio without knowing how how to do it right. But in 2010, I started to educate myself, so I was still in the army, and I would attend trainings and and courses on the different property investment strategies. And it was at that time I realized that I'd actually been investing in property for nearly 20 years, but I knew virtually nothing about property investing. So I learned how to find below market value property, how to add value to property, to be able to refinance it in order to recycle the cash, or sell the property on if the yield wasn't good enough uh, to keep, and then just redeploy that cash from selling on into other uh, property. How to raise finance and use other people's money and, and giving them a much better rate of return than they were getting in the bank, as well as vendor finance. Vendor finance is really exciting in that the seller of a property actually finances your purchase of their property. So that's really cool. I'll talk about that more in later episodes. I learned about lease options. Tenant buyers, rent to rent, so rent to property. Typically, you would rent a normal single let type property with the owner's permission and etc. turn it into a house of multiple occupation and let it out by the room to tenants. So literally controlling other people's property without owning it, but being able to cash flow from it. Um, so that's a, a HMO strategy. And then there's actually purchasing. So I own HMOs as well now. Um, That um, I've I've used all the different ways of funding these uh, purchases of HMOs, Uh, flipping properties as well. So buying and selling, assisted sale is really exciting. So you just agree that you can take control of somebody's property. Let's say they want £100,000 for it, but it needs a good refurb. You can take control of it, spend you know, let's say £10,000 on it, sell it for £140,000 and the owner gets their £100,000 at the end of it. So no stamp duty involved. You're not buying the property to sell it on. So literally not buying to sell. That's a really cool strategy. And then serviced accommodation. So I sort of went through all the different property investing strategies and then found serviced accommodation. And as I said earlier, the, the trend at the moment and the, the advent of the more recent technologies in play now make service accommodation a much more interesting strategy for me to get involved in. And I now focus almost solely on service accommodation. So I've built a multi-million pound property portfolio and service accommodation business. And my properties are in Plymouth, Swansea and o- Oxfordshire and soon uh, in the Peterborough area. One of the other things that I really enjoy doing is helping a charity that's called Stoll, S-T-O-L-L, and that charity provides accommodation and training for homeless veterans, many of whom are suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. So it, you know my background in property, my background with um, the military, it's a really good fit for me. And actually, you know, at the time of recording this episode uh, tomorrow, I'm going to the opening of over 30 brand new um, built houses that are being provided for homeless veterans, providing disabled facilities for them and also providing accommodation for their families when their families are coming to visit them. So I'm really excited about that. I really love raising money for the charity and being involved in that charity. And the reason why I mention this is because The passive income that I now have from my property portfolio and more specifically my service accommodation business allows me to do more of what I want to do with my time. And that is my message to everybody out there is that you can create passive income for yourself. You can create serious money from serviced accommodation. And that allows you to actually do what you want to be doing with your time. More time with your friends, more time with your family, more time helping the the just causes of your choice more time to do absolutely everything that you want to do. So that's why serviced accommodation for me. So why is SA my favourite property strategy right now? Because of the significant tax savings. I'll be covering this on a future episode. It's a proper business. It feels like a proper business. It's not just an investment strategy, which means you can create jobs for others. I'll speak about the best way for you to create your team on a later episode and how to create a leveraged business creating passive income. So that is why service accommodation is for me right now. So thanks for listening to the first ever episode of the Service Accommodation Property Podcast. I hope you found that useful. Here's to your success in service accommodation. Thanks for listening to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. If you have any suggestions on future content for this podcast, please message Kevin via his Facebook page, Property Soldier.